Hey, welcome to Brand Bite, the bite-sized podcast by the Barclay Card Global Brand Team. Hello and welcome everyone. My name is Daniel Spencer and I'll be guiding you through a series of podcasts looking at branding, marketing, customer experience and how technology is changing up the game. We like to keep it short and sweet here, so this podcast is an easily digestible 15 minutes. So don't go anywhere. And in the studio today, I have two very special guests with me to help get to grips with the latest developments in finance, open banking and the payment services directive. Are they groundbreaking advances or just the latest banking jargon? Let's find out. Right, my first guest is Jurek, uh, the Vice President of Product Strategy at Indava. Is that correct? So That's that right? correct, yes. Great. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about Indava and yourself. Yeah, so Andava is a technology company. Um, we're like 4,500 people globally. But what we do is actually help our clients with um, big technology challenges. That can be building uh, platforms to launching websites to doing more innovative stuff. Cool. And within Andava, um, I look after um, our European clients and everything to do with their uh, digital products and uh, digital strategy. Okay. Today we're going to look at um, PSD2 and open banking. Can you tell us a little bit about those? How's your knowledge base on, on those sort of subjects? Yeah, of course. Open banking is this is this big concept, and um, in a way, if you if you look at it not through a technology lens, but just what it tries to do is um, it's all around giving the customer more choice and forcing, or at least um, pushing banks to be much more open ah. and making it possible for customers to um, start using different products of different banks altogether. Okay. Underlying that is is a whole um, technology question of how do banks make themselves actually more open? And that's where the APIs come in and where open banking actually has a framework of how banks should start building a more open infrastructure. Lovely. And joining us on the phone, we have Esme Harwood, the Director of Strategic Development at Barclaycard. How are you doing today? Yeah, good, thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. So, Esme, do you mind explaining how that will affect Barclaycard customers? Sure. So there are two main changes that consumers will start to see. One is they now have this new right to share data with organisations outside of their credit card company or their bank, um, and indeed for those organisations to make payments from their current accounts. Mm -hmm. Um, So they'll have to think very carefully about whether they want to engage in these new services, and if so, what sorts of services they'd like to do business with. The second key change, I guess, is around strong customer authentication. Um, And that will change the way customers pay online and effectively introduce some more steps in that process, the intention being to ensure that there are even more fraud protections in than there are today. Great. Thank you, Esme. So I was reading that um, open banking would, say, allow multiple accounts to be in one place. So your day-to-day living, you could have everything there in one location. Eric? Yes, so that's that's in a way um, an outcome of what open banking could help deliver. Right. You touch on something really interesting in a way. If you think of open banking, you have the customers, but then you also have a developer community. Right. Because somebody will need to build yeah. those things that you start thinking about. Yep. Um, who's going to build the app? And um, the developer community is actually a big opportunity for banks, especially from a, from a brand point of view. How are they going to make things easy for developers to use them? The easiest way to compare maybe is um, think of apps you use for transportation. Um, when I had to come here this morning, um, I had never been here. So I look at Google Maps or I look at City Mapper. Yeah. City Mapper, in a way, uses APIs of TFL and of other parties in order to deliver me a service. Sure. 
it's the same with open banking. So you talk about um, APIs there. Uh, what exactly is an API? So an API stands for Application Programming Interface. And if you if you think about what the API actually is, is is a couple of lines of code that allows a uh, programmer to get access to information and data that sits within a bigger system. Mm-hmm. Um, the interesting thing of APIs is that they are lightweight, they can be written in different programming languages, but also they help standardizing the way external parties interact with data that sits within an organization. Okay, great, thanks. And so Esme, how does, at a top level, what, what does that mean for the average Joe? So I'm a layperson, and the way I like to think about it is it's like a secure, an API is like a secure pipe through which information is exchanged, so data moves from A to B. I like to think of it as a secure handshake between organisations. Right. So how will banks and Barclaycard use this information, you know, in a sort of practical sense? How would that affect us, the customer? So if you look at this, it's almost a continuum. On the one hand, there is the compliance and regulation. Mm-hmm. And of course, banks and Barclaycard will need to comply and need to um, try to uh, develop things that are in line with the framework that's set out by the regulator. Mm-hmm. On the other end of that of that spectrum, if you want, is actually the opportunity for change. And, and open banking and PSD2 and all the other concepts um, or or regulations should actually, from a brand point of view, be looked at as a catalyst for change. So hopefully, um, and I'm I'm pretty sure Barclaycard will do this because it's in their heritage of being innovative and having partnerships, they will develop new propositions for customers. Lovely. On security, um, it seems that a lot of consumers and customers out there are quite nervous about taking on these these directives, open banking and such. Esme? So I think it's important to recognise that there's every effort been made by the regulator and the industry to ensure that customers are protected um, from fraud. So, for example, we'll always check the identity of third parties that you want to do business with to make sure they're regulated by the FCA. And they themselves have a legal responsibility to look after any data that you share with them. We'll also make sure, for example, that the data is encrypted as we pass it to them. As with any new development, though, we do know that fraudsters are likely to try to take advantage of this new environment. And I always say it's much like opening your front door. As a consumer, you should think very carefully about who you want to share your data with. Yes, I just want to understand. So I, it's quite a scary thing because, I, you know, there's, there's other apps out there already that sort of pull your data. But that's at the moment before open banking and PSD2, it's, it can be... Um, it can compromise your bank, your, your contract with your bank at the moment and cause you to have issues, right? Is that correct? Yes, it's correct. And um, it's, it's an important topic. I think, I think we, should, we should consider that indeed as an important topic. There's a couple of things around, uh, to, to address. The first one is that if you focus on open banking, APIs, PSD2, it all seems like, oh, the world changes from one day on the other and everything will be open. Now, um, if you look at a, at a couple of the stats, for instance, there's an, there's an Accenture study that came out end of last year that said that 70% of customers, they don't want their banks to share the data with the retailer. Yeah, sure. So although the regulation forces that this is, needs to happen, um, will there be a customer uptake? We don't know yet. Right. Unless the proposition is strong enough, customers might just not tick that box and there's no PSD2, you see? At the same time, the knowledge of open banking is very, very limited. 
more than 90% of cons- consumers have no clue what open banking is. It's again a study that was done recently. Although it's, um, there is a security aspect and we will need to address that security aspect as an industry and as, as, as technologists, there's also an, um, an educational aspect. Cool. Strong customer authentication is a new requirement and it applies across Europe, actually, to every um, organisation that provides a payment account. So that's things like credit cards, savings accounts, current accounts. Okay, yeah. So it, it will be very broad in reach. Now, everyone is likely to do it slightly differently. Every, every provider is likely to do it slightly differently. Um, and that means that the way customers interact, the way they pay, the way they log into their banking apps may have to change. Now, we're thinking very carefully as Barclay Card about the way we do that to ensure we're really balancing a seamless but also secure process. Yeah, that yeah, makes yeah. sense. No, that totally makes Can sense. Can you just go into that a little bit more? Two-factor authentication. What is that? Are we using that already, you said? really depends on the preferences of customers. So we have extremely good mobile banking applications and we'll be seeking to leverage those wherever we can because as I talked about a little bit before, they offer both seamless and secure authentication methods, many of which are actually in place today. There may also be a role, again as happens today in much of retail banking, for physical devices and so for customers who maybe don't want to do things um, in a mobile environment then they may have those, uh, I guess, more traditional options available to them as well. Do you see Barclay Card taking the sort of uh, the physical two-factor authentication process or would it be more of a tokenless approach? So if you think about it, when you pay for something online today, um, sometimes you might be interrupted in your journey by verified by Visa or 3D Secure, as it's known, and it might prompt you to enter a password, for example. Now, when you're doing that, that's a factor or an element of information that you're giving to make doubly sure that you are definitely the customer and you definitely want to make that transaction. Strong customer authentication under PSD2 builds on what's there today, and it says that for a number of payments you will have to be you will have to provide two factors of authentication and um, now the exact way that will happen will be the detail will be given over when we get closer to the regulatory deadline which is September 2019 so it's still some way away but that but customers will increasingly see their payments processes change a little bit such that they have to provide two factors of authentication when they make a payment and that can be something the customer knows like a password or a pin code Uh, something the customer has, like a sort of physical device or maybe even a card, uh, or something the customer is, like a biometric, such as a fingerprint, for example. And it's the combination of those factors that means that banks and issuers can be doubly sure that the customer definitely wants to make the transaction they are making. So Eurek was talking about educating customers to accept these changes because quite often, what were you saying, Eurek, about the uptake is, is quite low? Um, yes, there's there's a couple of studies out there that um, on, on the one hand, open banking as a concept and even PSD2 um, falls within if you want. The average customer has no clue about it, doesn't know about it, mm-hmm. but also the uptake of Two-factor authentication, for instance, on an, on a Gmail was very low. It was only at 10%. So customers want more security and, and are very concerned about security, in um, especially in, in, in finance. But they are also um, finding it a hassle. Mm-hmm. That's right. So I think as, as Barclays and Barclay Card, you know, they're both... Um, 
issues that we recognise. And so when we're thinking about open banking and PSD2, whether it's the data sharing element or the strong authentication, we think we've got two key roles. One is to really help customers navigate the new environment so that they can interact securely but also seamlessly. Mm -hmm. The second is really exploring whether we have opportunities to bring new services uh, to market. And while I can't say anything about that, that today, that's definitely something that is on our mind. Okay. And where we do seek to do that, we'll make sure that we do it through the secure API route, which we think gives customers greatest control over their information. Okay, great. Thank you. So do you see this as an opportunity to engage developers in the developer community with those open APIs? Yes, absolutely. So we've just gone live, actually, with our open banking APIs. Um, and as part of that, we've thought very carefully about developer engagement, and we will continue to do so. You'll know as well that we have our Rise network, which encourages collaboration with fintech partners. Um, and so that's something that's been very important to Barclay Card, and we can really see uh, and Barclays, and we can see the customer benefits that that kind of approach um, generates. <coughs> for developers, you have to think you have to make it easy for them to use. Oh, yeah. Some brands have managed to create a really strong developer community around um, their set of APIs. Okay. So here is a great opportunity for um, a brand like Barclay Card to start building relationships with the developer community, have their APIs, have a developer portal, and start making it easy for developers to use their APIs, to test them, and then to build really robust applications out of it. Lovely. Thank you very much. Okay, Esme, so to summarize, um, is open banking a good thing for Barclay Card? Open banking was intended to stimulate innovation and competition within the market. And so from that perspective, it's a really good thing for consumers. Certainly. Where we've worked really hard is in making sure that it's as secure and safe as it can be so that customers who wish to use it are protected. I think from a Barclay Card perspective, our view is that open banking offers opportunities and will be explaining more about how we're looking to use secure APIs to bring new services to our customers. But if you look at what we're already doing in our business bank, for example, we're using API technology to bring together information for small business customers so that they can see their banking information in the same portal as their bookkeeping information or their Twitter account. Right, yeah. And it's that same kind of concept that can be really beneficial to customers in an open banking world. Okay, great. Thank you, Esme. Um, is there anywhere that listeners can go to find out a little bit more about open banking and how Barclay Card relates? Sure. At the moment, open banking really relates to current account customers, but the information is uh, equally applicable to everybody. So there's a website that we've created, um, and it's called Open Banking, Four Things You Need to Know. And it talks about the, the genesis of open banking and what it is. It talks about how you can really control your data. Um, and it talks about how we will always keep your information secure and then how you can benefit from open banking. So if customers are interested, open banking, four things you need to know is a Barclays website. Great. Thank you so much for being here, Esme. Thank you. And thank you, Yurik. Thank you. Bye. It's been so good speaking to you guys and really understanding the world of open banking and PSD2 and what it means for, the, for our listeners. Thank you. And join us next time. We'll be discussing more innovations in finance. Barclay Card. Start today.